This is an old rip shlomo nigga. Okay, maybe we'll learn like this all day. Yeah, 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 yeah.
Okay. Okay, tov. Okay, tov. Um, let's open up, please, the page Yud Gimel. Daf Yud Gimel. We're gonna we're ending near the end of uh, getting close to the end of Perik Bet. There, are there any more Sfarim left up there behind you? Behind? No, everyone took. Okay, good. Saving. Yoshi, if we have to order more, we'll order more. We have the privilege today to kind of like attach ourselves to to certain um, illustrations, to certain uh, um, descriptions that were given in the older Sfarim describing what would happen to tzaddikim in states of dvekut, in, sta- in states of absolute clinging, of closeness, of clinging like it's no one's business. And we spoke about last week how when you're really lost in the world that he's talking about, you can't do two things, or you don't need to do two things. Does anyone remember what the, what the two functions are? You don't need to sleep and you don't need to eat. That's what we learned last time. Even the natural things, the things you think are like exact, like most essential things, when you're in the zone, but you're like, oh, this feels so good, but hold on a second, I have to, I'm going to have to take my break for my eating because that's what I do every night at 7. You weren't, you're not really lost in that moment. You know? So what, what is that place? And why do we stop ourselves all the time from like going, from going all the way? Yisrael, can you ask them to either come in or just to, to talk on the other side? All right. So this is a beautiful, this is a, a, today's, she's just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. We are going to, we're starting from the bottom of page Yud Gimel, okay? Look at the bottom of page Yud Gimel. The Rebbe is going to give us a, a uh, measuring stick to see where is it just, uh, where, to what extent do you just meet Ragesh? But then at one stage, do you actually start to lehit lahev? So now, let's talk about this for a second. Lehit Ragesh means to be moved, to be excited. That's lehit Ragesh. What does lehit lahev come, what does the word lehit lahavut come from? Lehava. Huh? Lehava. That means fire. fire. To what extent am I just getting excited? And then when do I know that my game is actually on? Now this happens a lot in a lot of different circles. I definitely see it a lot how that happens by us in a very, in a very interesting way. Is there another chair over there? Oh, you have, you have. Okay. At what point am I just getting excited? And even the excitement is beautiful. But then at what point is it like, did it become part of my life? You hear the difference? This is very important. We all taste, we're like at a smorgasbord. We, we love the, especially you go to these smorgs in, in, in ridiculous. Y'all see the wedding of your knees? Right? The smorg is, it's, it's, you guys been to smorgs in the States? Smorgs, just smorgs, smorgs. I mean, your cup, I mean, it's, it's, you could feed like, you could feed like 400 kibbutzim in Israel with one shmorg at the Sands Hotel, right? You got everything there. And you're waiting online and like you feel like it's as if there's no meal later. Because it's, it's as if you haven't eaten in three days. And it's as if you're probably going to, there's like Tisha B'Av, you know, tomorrow, so you might as well, you're, you're packing it up, right? So sometimes with Yiddishkeit, it's almost like we go into this place of, I'm going to taste, taste, taste. But it, did it ever... Did it ever like become me? Or am I still standing at the shmore getting excited by, by, the, by the latest cuisine, the latest Chinese chicken? So the Rebbe wants to give us a test, uh, not a test, but a measuring yardstick to say, 
How do you know that you're still in the world of tasters as opposed to you moved in? Like, it's real, you actually, you, your, your world is Avodat Hashem. And not just, well, I go to a shir once a week, it gets my spiritual on, and then I move on. So look at this. But first we have to go back, we're, we're going to have to, he's going to say, let's go get some descriptions of what's written in the old Sfarim. Bottom of Yud Gimel. Ukvar nuchal latet lecha bachur vavrech ezem midah asher bat timdod. We're going to give you some kind of a measurement that you could, you could see where you're at. Besha'ashatam mitpa'el. When, ten, when something's being activated, ladat ad kama rakhit rakshuti, to know when it's just excitement. Umatai kvar hit lahavut nikret. And then when is hit lahavut? Remember the word lahav, like David Yeshua said before. When the flame is actually on, the burning fire is actually happening in your life. Because it's two different places. It's two different things. The older tzaddikim. Now, what is he saying? Who is he referring to probably when he says the older tzaddikim? Remember, he is a grandson and a great-grandson to the giants of Hasidus. The Noam Elimelech, the Magid of Koznitz. He's Mamish, a direct descendant of them. So when he says, When it comes to the flame, the passion of the tzaddikim from the past, When it comes to the hitlavut of the tzaddikim of the past, en lanu hasaga. You know what that means? What is en lanu hasaga? Hasaga. That means that we can't even fathom what it was like to go through what they were going through. We don't even, we don't understand. Now, if he's saying, we don't understand what the tzaddikim were going through, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what it says about us. He's saying, we don't understand what it was like for the Noam Ali Melech or the Magid of Mizrich to be in a state of Dveikos. We don't understand what it's like. Like even when we go to the shul, the Baal Shem Tov and Medjibush, we're standing in there and we're trying to imagine and it's a little bit easier because there's a sign that says, oh, where you're standing, the Baal Shem Tov stood right here. This was his Malcolm Tefillah. But even that, we have no hasaga. We don't understand what this means. We don't understand what, what they were connecting to. If you had to illustrate it, if you had to ask them to explain what are you connecting to, what would they say? Fourth line. We're going to measure. You think we're going to be able to measure how, how far reaching their moments of ecstasy were? We can't, we can't figure these things out. There's no measuring stick for them. These are tzaddikim that we're talking about. It's a, different, it's a different world. You know, I'm looking at the two tzaddikim on top over there. The Amshin of Rebbe and Rabbi Yaakov Meir Shechter, Shlita, Sheisku, the Yamim Tovim Arukim, good life for both of them. It's, it's nothing that can be described in words what it's like to be in their presence. Kal v'chomer, alachaz ka'an to attempt to illustrate what these tzaddikim are connecting to. En lanu... We have no hasaga in these things, you understand? We have no hasaga, we don't understand these things at all. Nah, come here, you get it. Are you kidding me? Fifth line. וגם בלשונות האש היוצאים באיזה מקום קודשה מעניין התלהבות, פנינו נכווים. If we would actually, I think what he's saying over here is that 
the fire that's coming out from where they're coming from, if we would attempt to connect to it, we would, our faces would become nechva. means you, we, would get, we would get burned. You have stories like this of people that snuck into rooms of tzaddikim. You know the stories? They snuck, it's by the Chose of Lublin, there's a story. By Baruch of Medjabashur, they, they hid under the bed, they hid in the closet. There's all these stories. And then, and they were, they were in a place where they weren't supposed to be. And then the moment, the Chose of Lublin, the moment he just opened up the Zohar, it was Shalashudah's time, the guy that's hiding in the closet starts, ah, he starts freaking out, screaming. So the Chose opens the closet, he pulls this guy, he's like, what are you doing here? You know you're not supposed to be here. He's like, now I know I'm not supposed to be here. Right? Panav nechba, the face became... It, it's not for this world. I mean, if you're not there, if you don't know what it's about, it's not for you. You'll get burned. I want to be close to the tzaddik. Yeah? You know what that's like? Do you know what that's like? So he says over here, we can't measure, we can't stand by these tzaddikim and be like, so they did that, and then they did that. So that means... They'll feel like that then. Let me try this at home. This, it doesn't work. It's not the, it's not the point either. It's not the, that's not the inyan. Now, look, he's going to quote his great-grandfather. The end of Kodesh. It's brought down in the letters, the first letter at the end of Noam Elimelech. Listen to these words. She'ahava mevi'a le'atzadik Love, that state of love and ecstasy, brings the tzaddik to a place that's near insanity. Crazy. Because they're lost, completely lost in the higher worlds. And you can't, you can't make any sense of it. They themselves can't make any sense of it. But when the Naiman says love, that the tzaddikim taste, that means he, he, dveikus and the shechina can lead them to a place of kimat shigaon, like literally almost crazy. That's why sometimes you see people that are very, very high, very lofty, and you're like, oh, they're, they're crazy. Yeah, they are almost crazy because the, what they're experiencing is very, very difficult to then put into a vessel and a funnel to put into this world. And it's very painful. Is there a story of the Rabbana that went into the Paladesk? Could be. Well, there it only says that one went officially crazy. The others had a whole geshef too, but it could be, yeah, we could say that. But, he, but he, I think here it means something a little bit different. I'm lovesick. I'm lovesick. It's almost, it's, it's this place that's very close to not being able to, to be in this world. Okay. Nani says like this, and when they learn Gemara, okay, they're sitting and they're opening, they're learning Rav Huna, Rav Papa, they're learning about the Amaraim. He says over here, when they're learning Gemara, there's a consuming fire. When they're learning, they're not just learning to say, okay, what does he have to say? What does he have to say? They're attached to something that's yashar kashur to, to the, to the Merkava, to the, to the chariot of the Shechina. They're not just learning to gain uh, info and knowledge. and That happens toch kedeh, yes. I'm sure that when the tzaddikim learn and they're learning halacha and they're learning, you know, especially in Mishnah where the formation of the, 
the Mishnah really pans out the way that halacha begins to come out into the world. Okay, so of course they're gaining knowledge and they're understanding how things work and they're inside the world of the binyan of halacha. But you ever been by a tzaddik that, that's learning? That's really, really learning? I'll tell you, I had one, I would say I had one privilege to be next to a tzaddik while he was mamish learning. And it, 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 it tasted like this. I told you guys once when I had the most embarrassing story of my life on the plane. You know that story. On the plane, for those that didn't hear it, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's, it's Agav, but it's good. <clears throat> I'm flying. My fourth child's born. Liba's born. And flying so much that I also agreed to go two days later to New York just for like five hours because Rev Weinberger was marrying off his daughter to a good friend of our son. And you pull one of these, like, fly out on the 10 a.m. 10 uh, Elal, Sunday morning, get in at, what is that, 3 p.m., get into Kennedy, sends Shmorg, the Shmorg, starts at 5, and the flight back's 11.30. So you're on the ground for about six hours. You pull around, right? So I said I went for five hours, but my wife said I went for two days, which is, of course, you know, of course it's true. And she's definitely right. So I'm on, I'm be'oros. I'm like, uh, uh, light, light, light. I get on the plane, and there's a Hasidic Shayid that comes and sits right next to me. He asks me right before the plane if, flight if he could use my phone to call. I said, of course. And then I handed this thing to him, and he's like, how do you use this thing? So I, I uh, showed him how to use it. And then he, I, like an idiot, not an idiot, I was just, I'm interested in always knowing where Hasidim, who their Rebbe is. So I asked him, who's your, who, who's your Rebbe? So he said, ah, we're from Lelov. And then, because I didn't think too much, I started telling him all these stories I know of the Lelov dynasty. He's looking at me like I'm the weirdest Yetzur in the world. He even corrects me on the last story. And then I decide, maybe I should stop telling him stories about the Chatzar that he comes from, right? And the whole flight, now those flights can mess you up because it's light the whole time outside, right? So it's like you're flying from 10 a.m. to Be'erech, 9 p.m. your time, 10 p.m. your time, 12 hours, and it's light the whole time, and your mind is not... And he, I'm not kidding. He sat with the Gemara, and he sang the Gemara for about eight hours straight. Sang. I even took a video. I snuck it. I pretended I was sleeping. I took a video. I have a video of him I could send to you guys. But towards the end of the flight, I realized some chaver from the back of the plane keep on coming up and offering him tea with sugar, with honey. So it kept on happening, and then I finally grabbed one of the guys as he was walking back. I, I said, Achi. No, I didn't say Achi. I said, Rabid, Mamiza. He's like, This is the love of a Rebbe, Rav Biederman. <laughs> it was Rav Biederman's brother. And I'm sitting there telling him stories about his grandfather. Right? <laughs> well, it was such a wacky moment. But the point is, is that when he says over here, there is so much love and holiness that they're connecting to it, that they're tasting. Like when we taste the, the sensation of, I know I'm holding on to pages, they're reading words, they know I'm holding on to the word of God. This is the word of, you know, we learn and we believe this is the word of God. They're learning and they know this is the word of God. So of course it's going to bring you to a near state of shiga'on. Absolute shiga'on. Near state.
Oh, he's going to give another example. Next page will be Geret Hasheni Sham Ita. In the next, we're on page Yudalid. And in the second letter over there by the Naim Elimelech, it says, Kshelomdim HaGemara, Malbishim Atzmam Pachad Ureada Veima Veira Gdola, Mashem Itbarach Baruchu. There is this Pachad. Not, not the kind of, it's like a beautiful Pachad. And fear and awe that they're learning the Word of God. Vetoratam Meiram Bifnehim. Torah that, that they're learning is mamish glowing in front of them. The love of Torah and the light, it's burning within them continuously. They're, 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 their hearts are burning so much, there's such love that's being brought, drawn out from their hearts until literally there's light that's in front of them. And then you can't even look at them. Eimatam, they're eima. Now you're, in, you're now you see people that are going through this experience. You don't even want to look. You feel like you're looking at something usher. That's what I felt when I was looking at him learning. I was like, I shouldn't be looking at this. This is too holy. Like looking at a woman that that maybe a married woman that's not sanu or any woman that's not sanu. I'm like, they're so holy. This is holiness that's not geared for me. I can't look at this. I shouldn't be looking at this. I think this is what happens to the tzaddikim when they're really plugged in. Problem is, you can't measure where it starts, where it ends, where it's going by these cats. They're, they're operating on a completely different level. But why is he selling it to us? Know that it exists. That's Aleph, I think, one of the Indian. Know that it exists. Bayes, don't try to copy that, but be around it. Be around it, but don't try to copy that, because you'll fool yourself. Now he says this fifth line, Ubale Averot Borchim Mipnehem, Migodel Hapachad Hamegiamehem, Mirov Gdushatam Virat Shamaim. Bale Averas run away from people like this for dear life. Why? Because they know that their game will have to end at a certain point if they keep on hanging around these holy people. You know, I, I don't know if I shared it here in the woman's shear. You know Eliezer ben Yehuda? Have you heard of him? You know who he was? No. Eliezer ben Yehuda? He basically, we have modern Hebrew because of him. Oh, right. Right? He was the one that put the... Sorry? Late 1800s. And and I think also the beginning of the the 20th century. Eliezer ben Yehuda. And... um, Which ben Yehuda street is so famous Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Now, Nishta Frumayid, (laughs) it's not exactly... Although when you hear that name, Eliezer ben Yehuda, you think the guy has paved down to his knees. He would run as far away as he could from taking walks with Rav Cook, <coughs> Because he knew that if I, if I... And they asked him, you guys love each other so much. Why do you keep on running away from him? He's like, I know that one walk with him, I'm done. I can't. Same thing happened. I, I told you, I, I told the Hever last week, there's a famous Israeli producer, f- film industry. Still around till today. He's been in the industry for 30, 40 years in Tel Aviv. <coughs> The Bohemian scene, his name is Shmuel Vilozhny. Have any of you heard of that name? Sasha, you've heard of this name? Vilozhny? Very big name in Tel Aviv. Um, he loved Reb Shlomo. He used to go to his concerts and leave after every song when he would start talking and then come back when he would stop talking. Because he also understood at a certain point this, this aim of a fachad, it's, he's saying over here, Bale Averot Borchim Yipnehem. They run away from them. Migodel hapachad 
המגיע מהם מרוב קדושתם ביראת שמיים. עד כאן לשונו הקדוש. That's the name of the Melech. And now he's going to quote another Sefer, another important Sefer, who is his grandfather, who he's named after, Reb Klonim is Kalman Epstein from Krakow, known as the Ma'or Vashemesh. Ubasefer HaKadosh Ma'or Vashemesh min Talmido Zatzal, Beparshas Vayeschanan Ita, Vezeh Lashon HaKadosh. It's brought down in Parshas Vayeschanan. Deita Basfarim HaKadoshim, Begam Shamati, Mimaasiyot, Mikdoshe HaElyonim. I've heard, it's brought down from, from stories about the Tzadikim. When a Yid is learning Torah with tremendous, not just excitement, but hitlahavut. Again, the word lahav, flame, fire is on. I'm not dabbling my toes into the water to see if I want to get wet. I'm in. This is my life. This is my mitziyut. Azai mitlahet esh svivotav. There's a big, it's just a bonfire all around him. People see He's saying there's a reenactment of what took place at, at, at Har Sinai, where the seven, the seven heavens, the seven skies were suddenly revealed. There was complete oneness. Heaven meets earth. We're watching sounds. It's all one massive experience of the, the, the complete oneness of all our senses. It was all one. Everyone's healed. Fire on the mountain, mamish. That's what happens when, when the tzaddik is in, was plugged in to learning Dvar Hashem, that they know they're learning Torah. This is the word of God, just like we knew as a people, that this is the word of God because I'm hearing it. Like the, you have to understand, there are people like this that still learn Torah and they believe that what they're learning is literally the word of God. I know it sounds like I'm being repetitive, but I'm, it's because what the Piyasetzner is telling us is we learn Torah and we do a lot of good things because we know it's the right thing. But how often are we learning Torah because we know this is the Word of God? It's a big difference between the two. Can I ask you a question, Rabbi? In, in three lines. Okay. That when this is your game, like this is your davening, this is your learning, you have a little bit of like, a, you have an, uh, an inscription up there. You're causing things up there. Like we say, What you're doing, your emuna in the Talmud Torah that you're doing, when it's fire, you're actually causing that sinor of shefa, of light to come down. You're making it much wider. Rabbi Shlomo quoted the Vorker Rebbe. He said, whenever God opens a gate for you, what are you supposed to do? So everyone thinks you walk in. He's like, no. A yid walks through a gate while he goes like this. When you walk through gates that God opens for you, you got to not just say thank you, you got to make the opening wider for others to get in. Very important. He's saying this is what happens when they're learning and the fire is on and they're doing it b'shem kol Yisrael. They're basically going like this. The thing is that you can't realize that you can't see it. It looks crazy. The fire is so bright. There's nothing you can do with it, really. But that is what's happening. And like we said before, the influence, the abundance is going good for all people of the world. So we see two different sources, both in the Noam Elim, three, two from the Noam Elim Melech, 
and one by his grandfather, the Marva Shemesh, understanding what he, that's, he, what did he describe now? Hitlahavut or Hitrakshut? What did he dis- describe? Hitlahavut. I want to make it clear. That's Hitlahavut. What's Hitrakshut? Give me an example of Hitrakshut. It's like all the things that are on social media basically are hitragshut. It's not hitlavut. And it's good, and you need it in order to, for it to get you to the... You see, people walk around feeling so filled with Talmud Torah because they have like 18 different two-minute vorts. But that's just the extent that you can reach in that world if that's what you're receiving is just like a pretty good roll of uh, hitragshut. Hitlahavut, nah, the It's like doing a bonfire uh, with straw. You know? <laughs> it only goes for so long. <laughs> yeah, what did you want to ask? No, no, it's okay. It's, we're good? Yeah. Okay. It's actually that is basically coming from Chachma. It, it, it stems initially from there. It has to. In order, look. Hitlahavut. When you've already added the Binan, also the Das. The Das is mashlim, the picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you could have, like, you know how Rav Steinzel says, I, in my opinion, Rav Steinzel has the greatest explanation in his parish on Tanya to what Chochmah is. Rav Steinzel says Chochmah, and it's brought down, others have also described it like that. He says it's bolts of lightning. You don't know what in the world is going on, but you know something's going on. You know something's going on. Chochmah, there's, there's something happening, but you don't have anything, you don't know what to do with it. So a guy that doesn't know that hitlavut is the goal, he'll be like, this is just great. I want to keep on experiencing these bolts of lightning. And you, maybe you will. Like you could, it doesn't mean you won't. But don't you know that the end game is das? Das is chibur, it's hiskashus. Das is the result of hitlavut. Now, the way we understand it is that the more Torah I engage with, with the consciousness that this is Dvar Hashem, leads me to a place of actually having das in my life. Dat meaning mechubar. I'm not like acquainted with God. That's maybe the world of hitrakshut. I'm acquainted. I know he's there. I know, this, I know there's these moments. But these tzaddikim, they're learning Gemara. They know God. They know God. And we're told, Know the God of your fathers and servants. It doesn't say, Targish et elokei avicha ve'ovdehu. Right? doesn't say, Titragesh ktsat v'tavod Hashem. And I always say, this is so important. That, someone comes to a shul and says, I just don't feel it. They have no idea what davening is. Because it doesn't, davening is not called hargasha salev. What's davening called? Avodah salev. What's after the korbanah? <laughs> and, it's a, and the way Chazal, exactly. And the way Chazal structured it for us is to remember, this is etakeves ha'echat ha'seva bokeh, this is consistency. This is avodah. This is work. Work leads you to hitlahavut. Without work, you'll be, you'll think that it's, a, you'll be fine and satisfied with moments of the, of the bolt, of the lightning, of, of, hit, of uh, hitrakshut. What's the goal of this sefer? What's the goal of this whole sefer? We keep on saying it because we're still like in the intro stages. The goal of this whole sefer, is, sefer, I believe, is to detect the stages in, in terms of how these things happen in our lives, and is it possible to turn these buttons on and activate moments of hitrakshut that will then lead to hitlahavut. 
The Rebbe, remember, he thinks that people forgot the Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tov, and that's why he's writing this farm. 180 years in, we're forgetting what it's all about. People actually think it's only about the Shiraim of the fish at the Tish, or whatever it is, or whatever it is. It's an, it's an avoda. It's a, it's a derech chayim. It's a way of living. Being a chassid, it doesn't mean you're into chassidus. Into chassidus means you're mitragesh. Being a chassid means you, are, you, are, you have lehava. This is your life. It's a derech chayim. It's a way of living. I'll, I'll share with you. Last night, I, went, I was invited to Gruz Kolo to give them a shmuz on communal leadership. Because a lot of these guys are, you know, will probably be going to out there in the world. It's great guys. Mamash, phenomenal guys. It was, very, it was a very interesting thing. I've, I've done it before. I didn't do it for a few years. And what I love much more than sharing with them, what we get to do is hearing, like, what, are you, what are your questions? So some guy, one of them heard that I said, that, you know, by us, even women do siyumim on this farm that they're learning, which is true. Like, we, when we, we finished the Bilvavi Mishkan Evne after two years, and there was an actual woman did a siyum. So he just heard the word woman and siyum, and he goes on this whole thing. How do you relate to, you know, women learning and doing siyumim? And I said to him, I think that you're under the impression that I meant, I was referring to Gemara. So you're asking, like, how do you feel about women learning Gemara? He was kind of, he said, Kind of. I'm, I'm like, I just, I don't care about these things. It's like, what do you mean? You're pro or you're against? I'm like, that's not, I don't know how to explain this to you. That, that doesn't occupy my thought process for one second of my existence. So I said, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's like if someone asks me if you'd say halal on Yom Atzmaut, and if you do, if it's with a bracha or without a bracha, well, do you? I'm like, the shul's not for you. I was like, why? Because like, it doesn't matter. Are you, is your life, is your life Hashem? Is your life a derech chaim of Hashem? You, you know what I mean? Like, but it's very hard to give this, to, even to myself it's hard to give it over. But to explain that in today's terminology of what are you guys like, it's crazy. It's very, very difficult. One of the guys asked a good shayla, a very good shayla. He said, I, you know, you keep on mentioning how the learning of Pneumius and you have a, you'll have a base medrash that's a replica of Medjabush and you, got, you do these trips to the Ukraine. It's like such a lot of Hasidish talk. He said, can you do what you guys are trying to do without the Baal Shem Tov being the, the core? Wow. <laughs> he wasn't trying to be chutzpahdik. Oh, cool. He was being, no, I could tell. Yeah. I have my... <laughs> My Kohanic radar. I, I, I could tell when the guy is trying to... He wasn't. He was being Emes Lamito because En Malasot, it's just not him. But to be Mashpia from a real place and live a Primius Dika life was him. So everyone's waiting there to hear like, no, sorry, the Baal Shem Tov won. It's the only way. I'm sorry. En, en Malasot. I said to him, if I would tell you that it's the only way, <clears throat> and that the Baal Shem Tov won, I made the Baal Shem Tov into the smallest, irrelevant, tiniest entity in my life. If that's what it's come down to, we take these big people and say it has to be like this, and we make them into this. What is it, what is it about? It's about establishing a life of hit lahavut, 
Then I told him, it happens to be that for me and most of my chevra, it is through the derech of the... That is what caught our heart. We've looked. You know, we, we have looked. We've seen. We've tasted. It happens to be that this does ignite the flame and the fire. And then I whispered, and then Hashem, you're going to see this next year too, right? <laughs> I didn't say it, but I was thinking that, right? <laughs> but the point is that it doesn't have to be these things. It has to be that the goal is not hitrakshut. The goal is hitlahavut. The goal is that the flame is on. Now, he described these things to be things that exist. This, is, this, this, this exists in the world. But look how he starts the next paragraph. We're just going to start one line because I got to take some of my kids to the doctor. Avalanu, ube'erkenu, but to us and our value, where we're at, niten lecha is a mida lamodba. We're going to give you a mida to measure. Matai kvar yecholim lechanotai tlaavut shelemala minetrakshut. We're going to give you taste buds to detect when you're graduating from hitrakshut. Okay, you got to come back Wednesday now, okay? <laughs> I got to run, yeah. Shkoyach, everyone. Yeshe